and welcome to BoobTube, the podcast where smart women talk about what they're watching and not watching. Uh, I'm Sarah Whitus. I'm Amanda Toysher. You got that out there. That was good. Yeah, I kind of was like... Did you get distracted? I kind of did. I was, well, I was reading the next line that is written in our doc here, which is... <laughs> oh, Whiskey oh, Cavalier <laughs> comes, comes back and then was taken away again... What's going on with Whiskey Cavalier this week? Well, so you brought to my attention that it was uh, brought back after we right. had talked about it last week and after Sarah had made fun of me for secretly watching <laughs> the, uh, the Which ABC can- show Whiskey Cavalier. <laughs> Which we were um, not watching because it was canceled. Yeah, because it was canceled <laughs> despite its very, very heavy advertising campaign. Um, it was a, I saw it referred to somewhere as their flagship show um was canceled and then i very late at night like a week ago see a tweet from sarah that says amanda did you see this and it's about whiskey cavalier being brought back abc decided to rethink the cancellation the fans had said no please no cancel it and they were thinking of bringing it back well it's not bringing, like, it's not coming back. ABC's like, no, we've, we've put the kibosh on this show. Not enough people watch it. It cost us a million space bucks. Um, and also Amanda said it wasn't very good. And what's the point of bringing back a show that Amanda said wasn't very good? Which is a shame ABC because give I probably would have watched take it. Away. Yeah, I bet you would have. I bet I would have. Maybe me saying that now is going to make them, like, bring it back again. What are what the Whiskey Cavalier... What are the Whiskey Cavalier uh, fans called? Are they? That's a really good question. Yeah, are they like cav cav like I can't think of a good that doesn't lend itself to anything. Oh no, it's um, terrible. The WCs, <laughs> the water closets. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's not real, is it? No, that would be terrible. <laughs> um. Yeah, there. What are the yeah? What are the whiskey Cavalier stands? The Cavaliers, the Cavs. Well, no, because that's Cleveland. Yeah, I know, but that makes sense how, because they, of how you. How dare they? How very dare? Um, maybe just like. <laughs> or you could do like a play on whiskey, like maybe they're the alcoholics or something. I don't know. Or the rocks, or, like or the or the. Oh, the, the rocks is kind of good. I'm actually uh, reading a an article that's like from it's like a um, that's like a a tweet from someone who anyway is like tweeting about the show and he's friends I just got the sad news that ABC has passed (laughs) Whiskey Cavalier has been fully and finally canceled. Thank you also so much for your efforts on our behalf. Can you imagine putting this much time into Whiskey Cavalier and like in the year of our Lord, 2019. <laughs> that you that. You're like mounting a, a save whiskey cavalier. God bless, honestly. You know, people get really invested in their shows. Imagine if like the it's good place had been canceled after Foley's one family. season. But that's like, like I still we'll just, wouldn't have. I can't think of a show that I would mount an actual campaign on behalf of, honestly. I don't think that there are any. <laughs> you don't know how to love Sarah. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> I never truly my cold dead heart. I'm just waiting to be warmed over by Scott Foley and his. It's because of toxoplasmosis. <laughs> yeah, it's all you're I... doing. 
<laughs> I want to, I actually have thought about this. I kind of want to have a show anyway. We can talk about this later. I've always thought it would be a great idea to have a show where it's like at the end of the first season, you find out that the whole thing has been a delusion and someone's been suffering from toxoplasmosis from like <laughs> scooping their cat's litter. I just think this is, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I think it was like, and there's like a like, very clever you, show. So you want, basically you want the old trope of they woke up and it was all to be, it was all a dream, but you want it to be, and then they suddenly see the main character scooping their cat's litter and you realize it was all a delusion. <laughs> and it's That's sponsored what you're thinking? by Pretty Litter. Yeah, sponsored is... by Fresh Step. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's yeah, an it's insane like a... idea for a show, Sarah. <laughs> I know. Well, it's like, or it's like the, it's like the everything. It was all in a snow globe or whatever, but it was all like just in like a, like a cat's. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Just some cat's it was all happening on the tongue of a cat. Yeah. The tongue of a cat. Um, anyway. Anyway. <laughs> So TV that shows that are on that haven't yeah. been canceled. I didn't watch a lot of new stuff this week. I've been a little stressed. So I mostly just rewatched like four episodes of Great British Baking Show. Any um, particular ones, like a particular season? The most recent one that okay. is on Netflix with yeah. Rahul, yeah. that little weird elf guy. Yep. He was a delight. He yeah. was until the end. Yeah. And then, then he, he like, got a little old. But he is pretty funny at the beginning. Um, but anyway, what have you watched? Um, I had a real, like, life's rich tapestry kind of uh, kind of week. It was just a, a lot going on. One show um, that I'm going to talk more about, I think I'm going to, like, dedicate some more time to in the future. But I had mentioned on our last episode, starting to get into this show, Vita. Um, yeah. which is uh, a stars television show, which is not a network that anyone has. Um, yeah, I know. You always watch these. Yeah. I know. because Well, you can also buy it on Amazon. So that was kind of what I was doing. Um, but it's actually, it's really good. And I have a lot to say about it, but I'm not going to, I'm going to, I want to watch more of it. it. Yeah, so I'm not going to talk about that this week. It's not um, Aubrey Plaza, is it? Oh no, it's not. It's not. No, it's not Aubrey Plaza. It's two. It's actually like a lot her. of actresses that I that I don't know. Um, all kind of Latin American actresses. Um, and I yeah, I don't really know any of them, but they're all really good. The story is very. It's very well done. I'm going to talk about it. Um, but. Uh, on a different, very different note, I. Took another uh, previous not watching and... You have to stop doing this. I know. I keep doing it. I keep watching things that I... No one's going to trust our not watching. I know. <laughs> it has to be really awful shit for us to like not... Actually, when we... Wait. Just wait. Just wait till we get to this week's because that is... Just just you wait. I am <laughs> not watching wait. it. <laughs> um, I watched Chernobyl. Which I had to feel like I needed to watch because then all of a sudden everyone was talking about Chernobyl. I know everyone was like, talking about Chernobyl. Why is everyone talking about Chernobyl? Who wants to watch this show? That was the whole reason I didn't, I didn't want to do it because I was like, it just. I don't. So yeah, I don't get it. It seems like the opposite of a good time. It is. Let me tell you, <laughs> it is the opposite of a good time. Um, like British Chernobyl... people playing Ukrainians in a horrific nuclear disaster it's just like yeah boy what a bummer 
Well, you want to know something funny is that, so we were watching it, Tom and I were watching it, started last week, and, uh, you know, pretty much, the the tack they took, we're not going to, like, rather than finding several hundred Ukrainian actors, (laughs) Ukrainian and Russian actors, um, you know, they'd cast well-known British actors, and just everyone has, like, a European accent, you know, but is, like... Wait, like, obviously, obviously, everyone would be speaking Ukrainian. Uh, wait, do, wait, do they speak with or Russian? Like, oh, you, yeah, they're Russian speaking. A, they're Ukrainian speaking English. accent. Yeah, they're just speaking. Oh, accent. I was thinking they were all like talking with British accents, like it was like a. No, um, no, no! They're all British actors. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Okay. Uh, or some, or some Irish actors, and um, and it's a little bit weird because, like, <laughs> I mean, like three minutes into the into the show, into the first episode, I'm like why is everyone speaking English? And Tom just looks at me. They're not. <laughs> like, they're, I mean, they are, but like, Wait, they're not. They're not. Like, they're supposed to be speaking, you know, we just are. We're oh, gonna, oh, like, it's not going to be. He means in the universe of the show, they're in not. The and show. I'm like, oh, exactly. does he have toxic plasmosis? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like any, anything that you look at that's written is in Russian, you know. Um, yeah. It's like, but they're all speaking. You, you've been able to spree- speak Ukrainian Russian this whole, this whole time. time. Really, it really contributes to that uh, feeling, you know, that you get sometimes very, you know, proud of yourself for, you know, consuming <laughs> something. You're like, I do speak Russian, don't I? Honestly, I like can't even. I'm like, what are they speaking? Ukrainian, are they speaking Russian? I don't, I know so little about the Soviet Union, honestly. It's Ukrainian, <laughs> but it's so similar. To, it's it's really similar to Russian is my understanding. Yeah, especially like in the era of... Uh, Russia of, invading Yeah, Ukraine? the Soviet Union. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, like, would I be mean, really the, rude if they had in the area of the show. actors playing. <laughs> I know, in the, era, in the era of the show in the late 80s. You know, like, so I, you know, anyway, so it's kind of... It's 1986, right? It's 86. Nice. Uh, A few weeks after your trusty host here was was born, I believe. It was, like, April. I think it was April 1986. April 26th, 1986. Yeah, I was three weeks old, and I remember it fondly. And I would be born Um, uh, less than two months later. Well, no one As a direct cause of <laughs> the Chernobyl disaster. Yeah. And then Amanda was born. We're not saying she rose. it was causal. We're saying it was highly correlated. She rose from the graphite. You, the... Your birth caused Chernobyl, and I was just a happy by- byproduct. Oh, wow. A literal byproduct of nuclear waste. This episode is already insane. Yeah. (laughs) This is, it's the toxoplasmosis that'll do that to you. Yeah, this is the toxoplasmosis episode. Yeah. (laughs) Also, I really hope we're saying that correctly, because we've said it a few times. That's right. Sure. Toxoplasm. Yep. Again, if if we're saying it wrong, again, then no one can really... um, yeah, it's like a tree falls again. in the forest. Like if we say something incorrect on our podcast and we don't check our Gmail, then, then it was it always happen. right. Yeah, it didn't happen. Yeah. Um, so Chernobyl, very good, honestly. I mean, obviously it's very grim. Um, Jared Harris, who is now well into his notable career as playing the most depressed man on any television show. Uh, I forget. Did you watch Mad Men? Yeah. 
Okay. Oh, so, he, you know, Lane. Uh, yeah. His, okay. His yeah. story was so sad. He's very, and this is the show. It's not a spoiler to say that the show, the first scene of Chernobyl is Jared Harris's character committing suicide. Um, what the hell? Yeah. It's the first scene, which is he is, he's playing a real character uh, who actually did um, die by suicide after. Oh, that's uh, so sad. After. Yeah. I've been mean, feeling like haunted with guilt over his uh, complicity in the, uh, Russian government's, you know, like efforts to um, cover up Chernobyl and, um, you know, the propaganda that they put out kind of being like, it's fine. And I mean, like he, his character literally sends, you know, thousands of men into uh, the cleanup effort. And oh, and God. at the beginning, they're very, this is, I think, what the most interesting, I mean, the 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 specifics of the explosion are like, interesting um and the fact that this whole you know it just the worst nuclear disaster that has ever happened on the planet earth and hopefully ever will is you know really a result of a lot of things including like terrible engineering like of a lot of elements of this nuclear power plant um but you know the real horror of the show is in everyone's reactions you know everyone in power their reactions Mm -hmm. to um to to what has happened to this tragedy and how they just can like spin it into this not looking bad for the soviet union on a global stage basically that's like the number one priority is not is not how do we save people and get them out of harm's way immediately it's we can't let the rest of the world find out about this um, and find out about the possibility mm-hmm. that like, you know, Russian engineering and technology isn't as good as, you know, we want them to think it is. And um, so the show is a lot of exposition. It's a lot of kind of ridiculous characters asking, how does a nuclear power plant work? And then the oh, other God. one answering it. But hey, I don't know how a nuclear power plant you know, works. You know what, Sarah? I do, and do you know why? Because I worked at a nuclear power plant the summer between my freshman and sophomore years of high school, or of college. Really? Did you not know that? Did it, you didn't, but you didn't blow it up. No, well, I'm glad you haven't heard about it. Um, No, I never blew up a nuclear plant. The cover-up was successful. There was never a big Um, (laughs) cover-up. Yeah, I worked at the Perry Nuclear Power Plant in Perry, Ohio. It's, you know, it's northeast... Ohio. Um, Interesting. And it was, I mostly filed stuff and read Harry Potter. And, um, mm. but you had to go through like, and it paid incredibly well. I had to get be, be there at 6 a.m. That part sucked. I damn but, well better. But well. it was a super like easy job. And you had to go through like a week of training and like involving like going into like a, a fake room where you're like putting on a suit and doing it in the correct order where you're like rolling it up the right way. So you don't touch like expose the inside part with your gloves and all that. It was pretty intense. Oh my God. Yeah. And they told us was. all about how it works. I bet it was intense. I mean, this is, I don't, you know, of course the show is also makes you think about, should we as human beings be, trying to harness this kind of you know this kind of power with this kind of potential destruction and um it's it man i don't know <laughs> i don't know but it, it 
the show is 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 very well done. Uh, the music is fucking creepy, um, and really contributes to this uh, to this air of just the dread that you get from watching this show. Well, I, mean, I think Soviet it's really Union compelling. Also, do you yes, know about the elephant's yes. foot? No. Okay, so this is super creepy. Um, this was actually in that that you know that that ridiculous trivia league I'm in that yes. online trivia thing. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the questions was, "What is this like? This mass known as the elephant's foot is like super. Um, what? How did they describe it in this trivia league? It was like really creepy. Um, and is is this this mass that was discovered in I don't know what year um, is one of the most lethal." things on the planet um what country was it discovered in i was like what the heck are they talking about it's called the elephant's foot um and the Mm. answer was ukraine and i was like so i googled it and turns out it's this mass of um chromium um corium Hmm. corium um that had leaked during the chernobyl disaster and so it's just this giant like radioactive piece of metal that like kind of looks like an enormous elephant's foot and like you can't there's like photos of it just from like they had to like wheel a thing around to like take a photo by using like a mirror because like the camera would be destroyed by how uh radioactive it is like you would be in its presence within like you would like be if you were there for like three minutes you would like die within two days um it's insanely radioactive so it's but like if you google it it's incredibly creepy and i had never heard of this um anyway i recommend googling this because like it's kind of fascinating well you it's you know watching the show is sort of it is it's a show that you're constantly wikipediaing everything they're saying (laughs) you know i mean the one thing about this show is it is i think well very well researched but very you know it's all very, it's extremely dramatized. Um, and a lot of things are like, there's one character who's a composite of, you know, dozens of different people. Um, there's a lot of stuff that straight up didn't happen. It seems like there's, I mean, it's, it's grounded in a lot of fact. And I think it's a lot of the show to me, a lot of characters are saying things that clearly doesn't make a lot of sense for them to be saying. And, um, but 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 has a great effect, even though it doesn't make a lot of sense. And I think to me that's kind of the the beauty of this show is it, it maybe not everything should be taken super literally about it, but it's making some larger points about, you know, um, about the corruption of power, about maybe how about communism is bad. I don't <laughs> And like, uh, and again, also, uh, honestly, the thing that keeps occurring to me over and over again is like, Wow, I'm really glad I didn't live in the Soviet Union, <laughs> like in the 1980s. Like, I mean, I mean seriously, that's though. something that is just I occurring been to me such over a defector. And over again. I'm glad I didn't too, because then I would have been like super like gung ho about capitalism. Well, it's interesting because you know there's a whole scene where when the when the plant first blows up i mean it's there's like smoke just billowing into the not smoke you know there's like radioactive material billowing into the sky along with the smoke from the fire but like um and people are just kind of standing around looking at it and you're you're kind of like um 
I mean, they know it's a nuclear power plant, but do they know? And so it's just kind of, you get this feeling where are they just kind of that complacent kind of due to like messages from the state and like, yeah, you know, know. you know, like, are they, are they're not really questioning well, what's like, that, why if you're are they from just a distance standing out It looks just there? like fire. Yeah, know? it's true. Like, we don't you're have a sense of actually what. Like we can see, we've seen like a nuclear bomb, and that's yeah. what that looks like. But we don't. Radioactivity yeah. isn't like a danger that we understand visually. Yeah, it's true. So. And there's some interesting shots where kind of little particles of all the radioactive materials like landing on like children, and they're just like playing outside oh, and all this stuff. Horrifying. But but it's it's. Uh, I, I don't know. I think it's very compelling. Again, even if not everything in the show is to be taken literally, it's um, it's creating a great creepy atmosphere. And I, 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 and I had learned a lot about this horrible uh, explosion. I didn't really know anything about Chernobyl before other than, again, like, yeah, as like a concept. Um, it's a little, the whole thing is like a little bit of a mess. The, the last episode, we're recording this on Monday, uh, this, the third and the last episode airs tonight um which sounds like from everything i've read has a bit of a ridiculous <laughs> to kill a mockingbird style like mm-hmm. <laughs> like kind of you know uh hero moment attempt for you know some of the characters trying to you know um damn the the russian government for like how dare you you know you've this is you've doomed millions to an early death or whatever and i'm like that would have this yeah everyone's like this would have never in a million years happened in yeah. a communist russia courtroom um but uh anyway i got to say yeah everyone everyone kind of really got on the chernobyl train over the last couple of weeks i know weeks i find it so strange it's odd it's weird i i don't <laughs> it's like this isn't exactly big little lies like you know but um anyway i mean again if you're into this kind of thing and like into sort of historical terror um, I recommend watching it. Also, be aware, extreme content warning, the fourth episode, um, while you don't actually see this like on camera, there's a whole, you know, they had to kill all of the animals um, that were radioactive. I mean, they were like, they just had to assume that all of the animals at a certain uh, perimeter were, were radioactive and had to kill them all. And there's a lot of, you do not see any animals like you know, graphically killed on screen, but there's a lot of implication of that and it's pretty disturbing. So that's just something to be aware of, I think, as well in the fourth episode going into this show. Um, But the other thing that I caught up on was this show Easy, which I think possibly I talked about somewhere around this time last year. I kind of remember that, yeah. Yeah, it's um, a Netflix show um that i have never particularly cared for but again uh in my great tradition said i wasn't going to watch it anymore um and then watched it <laughs> again uh this is kind of i like this is a similar reaction i think that i have to i've talked about room 104 on hbo which i yeah. find to be very uneven another anthology show um very wildly uneven but um watching it anyway because some episodes are really good um and easy is kind of like that except it's like about people's sex lives and about uh people in chicago and their sex lives written and produced by joe swanberg who's a filmmaker and um this is the most recent and final season got on netflix uh i think maybe about 
three or four weeks ago and and I watched most of it over the weekend um and this season is really good Hmm. uh you know I don't need to say a whole lot about it I mean I think part of the reason I I never really liked this show before is because I it sort of fancied itself a kind of high maintenance um ish but was and was going for a lot of sort of intense um it was just going for a lot of like I think depth and emotion that it wasn't really achieving to me and doesn't achieve in the same way that high maintenance does but um I don't know this season's really good there's a um kind of like high maintenance there's a few characters that get recurring storylines over the years but you don't really necessarily need to know anything about those episodes to watch new batches of episodes so um but the most important characters are this married couple Andy and Kyle and in the first season they decide to have an open marriage um and then it's kind of tracked the them checking in on them uh, a couple of episodes every season um and watching that relationship evolve has actually been really interesting and then they kind of come to a major crisis in this season and they get this really standout episode and the acting is really fantastic it's almost more like a play it's just very naturalistic the the actors apparently on this show get a lot of freedom to kind of interpret the scripts um and kind of their movements and their interactions with the other actors and um I don't know it's really I just found this season very affecting I have a couple of them left but again you don't need to have really seen any other seasons of easy to um watch this one although Mm -hmm. I think like if you've seen other episodes with this this married couple Kyle and Andy it'll certainly make that storyline pack more of a punch but um yeah again not like a um, like a, a drop everything and watch this but if you're looking for something to watch that will kind of make you uh laugh and make you a little sad and like maybe a little horny I don't know <laughs> like it's you could it's a good it's a good choice um and I just like was really impressed by the last season I kind of wish the other seasons had been as um as as not irritating as this one was <laughs> but not that not irritating is the best praise I want to give this season but it was good but Anyway, easy. Um, I liked it, but we were going to mostly talk about a different Netflix show. Yeah. Um, we both watched Dead to Me, the the new movie with Christina Applegate. And it's not a movie. This is the Amanda. name I have trouble with. Linda Cardellini, <laughs> right? Linda Cardellini. Um, okay. And James Marsden. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, so it's a 10 Christina part... Applegate. What? Christina Applegate. I said that first. Oh, whoops. <laughs> God, you never listened to me. You said it was a movie also. I said it was a movie. Yeah. Well, you now said you're movie. just lying about things I've said. <laughs> I'm not. Why you would said I call it. it a movie? I don't know. Play back I... the tape. Um, <laughs> I probably did call it a movie. That is something I would say. Uh, but listeners, it's not a movie. It is a TV show. It is a, a ten-part series. Um, just the one season has been released so far. We don't know if they're going to make a second one yet. Um, it's kind of like a dark comedy slash thriller slash meditation on grief slash uh, exploration of uh, female friendship between women in their forties. Um, do you think I 
summarize that pretty good? I think so. Big picture? Yeah, the premise is yeah. that um, Christina Applegate's character, Jen, her husband is struck by a car while he's out for a run. It's a hit and run. Um, he's found the next morning. He's died from his injuries. Um, and she is determined to figure out who the jerk was who killed her husband and then fled the scene, leaving him to die. Um, she goes to a grief uh, workshop and... I guess workshop is, what, what would you call it? Like a grief a, support group. Like, yeah, support needs, group. Yeah. yeah, yeah, not like workshop. They're not like doing crafts they're, or anything. <laughs> they're workshopping their grief. Yeah, they're workshopping yeah. their grief and trying to like, yeah. they're like reading it to each other and like right. getting, getting some tips. <laughs> trying to perfect it. Yeah, yeah. Um, getting notes back. Um, yeah. And she meets Linda Cardellini, who is there because she says that her, uh, her fiancé was killed and... They kind of become friends, but over the course of the 10 episodes, you discover secrets. And I'm kind of debating right now. What do you think, Sarah? Can we spoil the first episode? I kind of don't want to. I don't wanna... I feel it's like... It's so hard to talk about what makes it great without knowing... I feel like we can do it for the nine episodes we... after. Yeah. <laughs> I like, think it's the... really I hard think to the... talk about it. It's just I a think good I... first episode. It is a really good first episode. I think it's possible to talk about it without. I think we can talk about kind of. Well, what, what if we, we like what if we like. talk about it for a little bit and then we get to the point where we we do talk about it after mm-hmm. and we give mm-hmm. people a warning they can stop yeah. listening and then watch the show if they are intrigued enough. True. I think we both definitely idea. recommend this show. Yeah, I, I think so too. It's very um, it's very bingeable. Uh, it's like you will definitely watch all 10 of them and, um, and easily in, in an afternoon. It goes by really, yeah, it goes by quickly. I did have to break it up over like multiple days just because of stress. Um, yeah, like it's, it's a, it's a bit of a stressful show and I, I have to do those kind of shows in smaller doses. Um, but, but it, but it was good. Um, to me, there were almost too many. It's a, it, it, I got a very, I got a, I also got a very um desperate housewives sort of vibe from like slash like big little lies. Did you it's watch like, Desperate Housewives? At the beginning, yes. Yeah, okay, at see, the I never beginning. It. At the beginning, yes. This is a I mean, so Big Little Lies to me had a similar type of aesthetic to this but a little bit darker, right? Yeah. I I think a little bit darker, not as twisty. Um not kind of constantly reinventing itself, which I, which Desperate Housewives did. I think that's something about this show is like, it's, um, there's a lot of twists. <laughs> it's sort of starting over, um, it starts over several different plot lines, right? Kind of sort of reinvent themselves over the course of the 10 episodes. Kind of, but it's more that you just learn more details. I don't know if it's so much that like, well, there's so many different tones. It's like sometimes it's very funny. Yeah, but I, and sometimes. I feel like it balances all those tones really well. Like it's, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's much funnier than. Um, it is funny. Big Little Lies. Like it, I will say, it's, very it's definitely right. Right, Big Little Lies a lot darker, but it's definitely the kind of, um, you know, I think, and I, the thing I was getting from Desert Housewives as well, you know, a group of women, um, sort of, you know, f- I think around the same age, 40s, late 30s to late 40s, um, sort of 
banding together um, to solve a mystery. Um, and I apparently that's a genre that I'm very into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's got that. The other thing that remi- why it reminded me so much of Big Little Lies is because it takes place in I think it takes place in Laguna Beach. And yeah, so obviously yeah. that's far, very far away from Monterey, which is where Big Little Lies takes place. But the way they paint both communities and yes. both of the shows is this very, like, insanely wealthy community where they only interact with other wealthy people. And it's almost like this sort of vacation sort of uh, uh, community where, like, every... Mm-hmm like restaurant or like bar caters to like wealthy people that don't seem to have to work a whole lot and mm-hmm. um can get just be sitting around in fancy clothes and like they're the church is really rich the schools are full of rich kids like um in a way that i know for instance i heard that monterey is not actually like that um maybe this one pocket of monterey of like rich people that support the aquarium and all that stuff but monterey the, this, the entire city itself is not wholly like that, even though they kind of paint it in big little eyes as if this is just, well, this is what Monterey is like. Um, right. I don't know enough about Laguna Beach either to say one way or the other, but I have a feeling Laguna Beach is probably much more homogenous in that way. So this oh, might yeah. be more accurate for Laguna Beach. But um, right. it also makes it sort of feel unreal because it's at no point do you see these people interact with anyone other than other affluent people. And um, money is it becomes a concern in one episode for, for Jen, the main character, but it's not, which I didn't really buy because I felt like, wouldn't like, wouldn't your husband have a massive life insurance policy? <laughs> Probably like I was like, I maybe, like... I don't know, but he was like a musician. So I don't really understand what he, how like they had this whole house hmm. and she, but anyway, I good mean, point. I guess she worked really hard, but yeah, good point. Um, good point. Yeah. But it's anyway, it's, so that part kind of feels unreal, which somehow, I, you know, like normally that really bothers me. That kind of just like, it's just easier to depict wealth. This is what, you know, you right. know it, it's not hard to do and it's pretty. And it's like, you, you know, look at the thing about very, Big Little Lies, it's just like it was so beautiful to look at. And this kind of was too in that way, this sort of lushness. But it also gave it that like sort of creepy sort of, you know, vibe to it. It makes it feel kind of surreal. Like this isn't, this is what's happening in this sort of like Shakespearean sort of way among like the, mm-hmm. you know, rich and famous type thing. Right. Right. It's a very gated off, um, you know, world yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. that you don't, you don't feel like you smaller. have any access yeah. to at all. Yeah. yeah. Um, although, you know, uh, I, 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 I kind of, I, I think that, I think that certainly Linda Cardellini's character is supposed to be sort of our, way in i guess and that she's supposed to be for some reason kind of uh a little bit i don't know she's not poor but like she's i don't know well i mean that's the other thing though is that she is a she works at a um retirement home like a, a an old folks home which is portrayed as being slightly i mean we never our depictions of aging in our media is so horribly inaccurate and um really bad because people playing you know 90 year olds they're played by like 75 year olds um and so you don't get a sense at all of like you know 
what aging in America is like and mm. how uh, care workers are completely underpaid, like mm. horribly underpaid. And like she, she's living in the home. So mm-hmm. which is why Jen eventually asks her to live in her guest house. Um, yeah. But she still has like a million nice dresses, which I guess presumably came from her former relationship with Steve. But it is still like not, de- you know, you don't she has nice hair and like she's really pretty. You don't get the sense that like, you know. That, that job has a lot, it's a lot of hours and it's really hard work. And you ma- it makes, they make it seem like it's just her playing bingo with Ed Asner. Agreed, almost like you, it's like a volunteer thing or Yeah, something. like it's just yeah, like a fun job. Where she out becomes of best friends with this like charming old guy and not like, yeah. it's like actually really difficult work. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, like I said, I like the show a lot. I think there's a few threads that don't go anywhere um, that are a little bit, left kind of dangling at, at different points. One of the things you mentioned was this uh, issue with, with Jen kind of mentioning offhand that she can't pay her mortgage. There's kind of some interactions with her um, dead husband's mother, who's maybe a pill addict and her son starts acting out. There's like some threads that there's, they introduce a lot of different ideas and like not all, I kind of wish they had boiled it down a little bit more. And um, I don't know that one... might. I feel like that would have made the show feel less like rich and textured. Yeah, I think. Yeah, and definitely less dramatic, which was yeah. Part of the fun I think I feel like that yeah. was good. Um, and it also opens it up if they do a second season. There, they have more to I, work with, but it creates a bigger universe say, in a small universe. I one of my favorite kind of world building things that they did. Um, you know, I think that she, so Jen has two sons. Um, that are obviously going through some stuff uh, in the wake of their father's death. And one side plot I really loved was her younger son getting into <laughs> Christianity and in particular, but just through music. <laughs> yeah. Really just getting into it to be in the um, very fun looking uh, kids, like youth dance group slash choir uh, oh yeah, they had a what? Are, what are their names? They had a name that was really cute. Oh, what was it? The group. It was uh, man, I don't remember what it was. But they basically are doing these great dance numbers that are um, uh, Christian versions of different songs. Like he'll be watching you. <laughs> yeah, or the the I like the one that was. Um, um, where are you from? You sacred thing. You right, that was so good. <laughs> when the show leaned in, it had some weird moments like those that I kind of wish it had leaned into a little bit more. There, yeah, yeah. You know, was... like it had got it had gotten a little bit stranger at certain points. Um, but I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that I want to. I don't want to. I don't want to do the twist because it's so. It's so fun. What if we tell people? Well, I just, I feel like there's stuff to say about it. It's hard to just, like, I'm not here to just advertise for a show. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. No, no, no. Definitely. What if we tell people, like, skip ahead. I'm going to, I'll watch the clock here. Skip ahead one minute. Okay. And then we will (laughs) reevaluate. All right. Okay. Um, yeah, and we're just talking about kind of what happens at the end of the first episode. And we'll just uh, and, talk uh, about there that. There are many yeah, more. So skip ahead, actually, skip ahead two minutes. Two minutes. All okay. right, go. Two minutes. Um, and there are a lot of twists that come up later in the season, too. Yeah, so, so this is just, but the first episode is so effective. So at the end of it, you find out that um, 
you know, through the first episode, Jen is telling Judy, I'm going to find that jerk that killed my husband. And at the end of it, you see uh, Judy push, like, closing up a storage container that she has with um, her 67 Mustang that has a dent in it that was, you realize that she had killed Ted um, and basically is befriending Jen for strange reasons. And you're going to learn a lot more, but I feel like that, so that becomes like the main point of tension. And it, normally that would really stress me out because over 10 episodes, you know that she's not going to tell her possibly until near the end. And it's going to be super stressful. And the show didn't stress me out to the point where I couldn't watch it anymore because they had all these twists that were introduced. That yeah, there's a lot on going on toes. to distract you from it. Yeah. yeah, so you're not just like wallowing in this like dread of when the truth will come out. Um, the other part of it was that Linda Cardellini, thank you, is like really likable. And she plays Judy really well, where you you believe that she really wants to tell her, and so you're like waiting for her to do it, like you're you you're rooting for it to happen instead of dreading it. You're At rooting for it to I happen, felt. but you're also kind of oh, fully aware that she is. This is not a well thing to do, you know. Like this is not. Uh, she's this is bananas, you know that yeah. that that you've not that you're living with this woman whose husband that you've, whose husband you've murdered. Yeah. Um, Yeah. However, unintentionally. And, you know, I will put this out there. Okay. Pause. Skip ahead one more minute. All right, go. (laughs) I have never been much of a, uh, Linda Cardellini fan, honestly. You're a Cardellini. That's just my truth. I'm a Cardellini. That's good. (laughs) It's just my truth. I'm living it. Um, I've never much liked her. I watched her on Freaks and Geeks and ER. She was on ER for a bunch of years. But she's great here. Uh, although Christina Applegate is really the... Lit- Christina Applegate. Is really the star. It's she's so great. well. She has this like... The, it, it's really funny. You find out she definitely has an anger problem, which has caused her issues in the past. She listens to like like thrash metal in her car. Oh, um, those are, that was such a great touch. I love yeah. the, the character trait that she kind of to cope with both her grief and her anger in these moments that she just sits in her car and like blasts death metal. Like that's a great, and you, she's so, um, you know, she's just like, so like white upper class, you know, like prim uptight looking. And that this is how she kind of gets it out is I yeah. love it. According to my business partner, Christopher, my anger is an issue. Personally. I think that your anger is understandable. You haven't been on the receiving end of it. I mean, there are healthier ways of channeling it, like meditation. I meditate. In my own way. You fucking bad! You're You make me sad! And you believe that she's super angry. Yes, definitely. And also, so we're done with spoilers. We're done with that discussion. Done with that. We don't need to go into... Everything is safe. We don't need to go into uh, who James Marsden is playing, I don't think. But he is really just a huge piece of shit. Um, Yeah, he's an asshole, which is another reason this reminds me of... He's so smarmy. 
uh, Big Little Lies. It's like women against this. It does. It's it's very different in that respect. But there is this sense of just like this guy kind of just in the shadows to the yeah. side being an asshole. Yeah, and what does he have over? You know, what's what's the draw? Yeah, here, yeah. You know, with there's him. like abuse aspect to it not the same as in um andrew sarsgaard's character but i gotta say so something with her anger and something there's a lot of different relation lot of, there's a lot of different one-on-one relationships in the show is interesting there's a big cast but what the show kind of winds up boiling down to is i think pairs of characters you know mm-hmm. and how they interact with each other whether that's um you know whether that's James Marsden and Linda Cardellini's characters or James Marsden and Christina Applegate, Christina Applegate and her um, business partner or her son. There's just, or her mother-in-law. There's a lot of different interactions, but they're kind of, they're kind of coming down to these two, like two, two people, one, one versus one over and over again. And the show is called dead to me. And you kind of realize over the course of the season that it applies to so many different yeah. Very fraught situations on the show, which I thought was really clever. A lot of yeah, people are are true. swearing each other off over and over again. Yeah, <laughs> um, or just yeah. yeah, yeah, and then and then of course that usually actually not lasting very long. <laughs> um yeah. but a lot of people getting mad at each other and having this kind of cathartic cathartic anger i think and i think i also get a a sense to me the show of like just how very fraught emotions can be almost good and healing and maybe anger isn't always bad it comes out in bad ways but it's okay to you know cut people out of your life um and anyway i i thought that was i thought that was really interesting it ends with a massive cliffhanger um will we get a season two who's to say who is to say i, I hope so like will though you're optimistic right i'm optimistic again i was thinking like that show santa clarita diet with drew barrymore is like a yeah, zombie i don't feel like that many people watched it it seems no maybe that got three seasons hey no one has watched orange is the new black in at least three years and that's <laughs> embarking on season number six or seven um are they still making more they the new season about to come but it's the last one um so i feel like give 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 get dead to me another shot um i really at least one more i'm not sure this is something needs to go on forever but like i would love one more season to kind of wrap up these these stories because i thought they were um a lot of fun and such a great showcase for these actresses um yeah yeah I, I I enjoyed it, and it's just a great, again, a great a great binge. I think if you're looking for something to a fun way to spend five entire hours, which hey, yeah, we all and then oh, that's the other thing is the show keeps the episodes kind of short. They're short, nice. half hour episodes, ten of them. Yeah, easy, easy peasy. Um, it's very fun. Yeah. Um, so what we're watching and not watching. All right. Yeah. What are we doing? Um, did you hear about the show called Bruno on Netflix? I have not heard of this show. Called so Bruno. I want you to watch the trailer and tell me what you think. I'm thinking mm-hmm. I might invest time in it, but I'm not sure. It's It looks really weird. It's like a guy who has a dog and it just seems like a kind of weird sort of comedy, um, absurdist, mm-hmm. not even absurdist, 
like almost surreal sort of thing. Like all, all these interactions look really strange. It's not, it's not clear if there's going to be a plot in it or if it's just mm-hmm. a series of vignettes about hmm. this guy with his dog um, named Bruno. Anyway, hmm. someone, someone recommended it. I'm kind of like, hmm, maybe I'll try that. So um, that could be something. Um, and then, of course, Big Little Lies I am excited about. Um, June is going to be a month, you guys. Oh, boy. Uh, Big Little Eyes coming back Um, Handmaid's Tale also coming back this week didn't it just happen last year man I must just be thinking of like the I don't know what I don't know what to think yeah (laughs) nope nope Amanda you're just thinking of life you're just thinking of real life yeah (laughs) you're just thinking of life every day in this country (laughs) um I don't know what to expect from this season. I read one review earlier today that was pretty good. Uh, then I read another person who I whose opinion I hold in high esteem uh, saying this show is super out of juice. Um, so mm-hmm. I we will see. I really I, I love Handmaid's Tale for all of its problems, and they are many. Um, uh, it I I do enjoy it. Elizabeth Moss is amazing, so I'm definitely gonna be watching it. So curious to see how what is hopefully the final season <laughs> goes. Um, yeah, yeah. Not watching. I told you you were in for a doozy here. Yeah, let's hear it. What what is it this week? I'm not gonna disappoint. Okay, <laughs> Showtime has a new show called City on a Hill. Premieres the middle of this month. It uh-huh. is about 90s Boston and the crime crime and seedy underbelly therein. Okay. Already. already. All right. I'm following. <laughs> it was produced and direct and uh, written, as I have recently come to learn, by the guy who lived next door to me freshman year of college at Emerson uh, named Chuck McLean. He was... Such an asshole. Oh and my god, I I'm looking up this now and there's also other stuff you're not talking about. Oh my this god. This guy. <laughs> I feel like maybe I shouldn't put this on a podcast, but it's not like... <laughs> <laughs> He's like more famous than us now, so this is like fine. Like oh, this is way okay. way more. Way more. <gasps> he... So this guy sucks. This guy sucks. Fuck he you, Chuck McLean. lived next door to me freshman uh, I year. I don't know you. Um, what's funny is that my... Um, one of my best Wait, so friends. Wait, so he was in your from... dorm? Oh, room next door. Oh my god! Literally next door. We hung out. Um, we hung out all the time. We once got in a ton of trouble. I got in trouble with the RA because we were doing Irish car bombs in his room. God, what a messed up name for a drink that you can only, you're only allowed to consume when you're 19. Um, yeah, and in Boston. And in Boston. <laughs> so he has like a super thick like working class uh boston accent but what's hilarious is that one of my best friends from college um who i became friends with freshman year also and we would hang out with him she went to college i mean she went to high school they went to high school together oh my god let me guess she didn't have that accent no she didn't have that accent she was like he didn't have that accent (laughs) in plymouth (laughs) they grew up and she's like you know like she's like that is majorly exaggerated for effect um i also oh my god i love this I only lived next door to him freshman year, but we later, you know, we still had some classes together over the years. Um, oh, one time he got super drunk and peed on the radiator in his room. 
and <laughs> oh <my laughs> that is his roommate had to like request a transfer. We're gonna get room. in so much trouble for slander. I, I love. Hey, this. it happened. I was there. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Good. I trust you. I trust you. All right. I'm done fact checking. You. Said oh it. my god. So anyway. There is no, so I found out about this when my said friend, uh, or no, a different friend of mine from college texted me a picture of there's a spread on him in this month's Boston magazine. Oh, God. And uh, anyway, she's like. You must be so annoyed. Chuck McLean hasn't changed a bit. And I was like, oh, my God. That yeah, it's so annoying. I'm very annoyed. Well, do, so wait, do, have, have you mentioned who else is involved in this show? Of course. This show is also produced by Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the Starring I think primarily Ben Affleck. It's just the most like it's Ben the most, Affleck thing ever. <laughs> it's the most Ben Affleck thing. It's just the collection of everyone who's in every Dennis Lane movie. You know, like oh it's my God. just oh my it's like mystic river revival whatever i just can't i can't with this whole thing oh my god the first line set in or this is from the wikipedia plot set in boston in the early 90s when the city was rife with violent criminals emboldened by local law enforcement agencies in which corruption tribalism and quote taking it to the street was the norm (laughs) until it all suddenly changed Oh, and then it changed. Then it was fine. This is a fictional account of what was called the Boston Miracle. And the change agent is, of course, a man named District Attorney DeCourcy Ward. who comes from Brooklyn and forms an unlikely alliance with Jackie Rhodes. That's a man who would never be a woman. Don't, get, don't worry, you guys. It's just a man named Jackie, played by Kevin Bacon. A corrupt yet venerated FBI veteran who is deeply invested in maintaining the status quo. Oh, but I I bet they're going to compromise and become good friends. Together, they take on a family of armored car robbers from Charlestown and in a case that grows to encompass and eventually upend Boston's citywide criminal justice system. No, thank you. Absolutely not. Apparently, Chuck had, like, fashioned himself like an expert on, like, Boston in the 90s, you know, um, of course, like, uh, I was born in 1986, but that's fine. Um... And I guess was like, rec- like, any- so anyway, he developed the show with Ben Affleck. I'm like, how the fuck did you, God how did he damn get it. In touch with him? God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Just well, you know, you wouldn't want to also, do something Tom told with ben me Affleck. about this whole Boston Miracle thing recently. And I'm like, it's basically just that like I, the whole idea behind Boston Miracle is that crime went down. I'm like, yeah, that that's like what happened in the late nineties is like. Crime went down. Like the same thing happened in New York. I don't know. Like, how is this like? Yeah, I'm actually like violent crime page for it now, and I like it's hard to parse out the the policy uh, aspect of it. Yeah, like from from this um, problem oriented policing initiative implemented in '96, specifically aimed at youth gun violence as a large scale problem. Which like that could mean anything. I don't know anything about this policy. Anyway, so you better believe I'm not watching that. <laughs> yeah, I 100% am not. As someone who has not seen any of those kind of movies, like The Departed, I never saw. What's another, There's like a million others that are like right, it. The Depart- well, The Departed is kind of good. But well, of course it's I good, but I'm not say... going to watch this. This also <laughs> might actually be weirdly good. I, I yeah. doubt it. But like, if it is, I'm still not going to watch it. I'm... It's kind of interesting. It's like when Showtime people tell me to watch really Breaking made... Bad, I don't care. 
Yeah, I mean, so Showtime has really kind of made shows like this its thing that are, like, yeah. shows about, you know, like, hardened men who are, like, I don't know. Oh, I feel like there's a lot of police shows. I don't know. Showtime is I would say, like, I weird. hope this, like, maybe this will fail, but so many men in Boston are going to watch this. Oh, 100%. Boston will be extremely into this show, let me tell you. Um, yeah, City on a Hill. Also, yeah, anyway. I mean, I guess it does, the, the star. Bring back, bring back the David E. Kelly man. Boston shows of the 90s. Bring, bring me my Ally McBeals and my Boston publics and my Boston barf. legals yeah. and my The um, Practices. Yeah, you know, so the actor, the main actor, the main star is black man. So at least it's not two white men. Yeah. But still, we have... not going to watch it. No, that's like that's like that's like Ben Affleck or Matt Damon being like, oh, all right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I just uh, I can't. No. Yeah. No, Mm -hmm. that's going to be a that's going to be a no from me. So I don't think I can top that. So I'm going to go with you on that one. We'll leave it at that. (laughs) Um, When Chuck McClain is accepting his Emmy Award for like. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> best. I hope he thanks you. Yeah, for like his like Emmy Award for like best you know episode of a drama, whatever. Writing on a drama, I'll, I'll just write. Yeah, he can thank me. <laughs> he can thank Sarah Whitus, eighth floor of a hundred Beacon Street. Um, <laughs> all right, is that it for us this week? I think that's it. What a note to go out on. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, that's we always end that way, so you know. I know. <laughs> It's true <laughs> about things we hate. Yeah, um, I like it. Okay, I uh, will. We'll see you soon. Yeah, talk to you next time. All right, bye, bye. everyone. Good night.